Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I have a ton of updates to share about Donald Trump. So first is the big news that broke yesterday, that Trump's businesses received nearly $8 million from foreign governments and officials during his presidency. The money came in from all over the globe. It was 20 countries in total, Saudi Arabia, China, you know, all the countries that MAGA likes to complain about when it comes to the Clintons or Biden, but not so much when it comes to Trump. Um, in fact, China put the most money in Trump's pocket, $5.5 million. And according to a report issued by House Democrats, the $8 million was paid to Trump through several of his properties while he was making policy decisions about these same countries and about these same people. The report cites examples of these decisions made by Trump and his administration and yeah, it appears to have maybe been influenced or these decisions appear to have been influenced by his bank account. So, for instance, in, it states that when Chinese banks were being scrutinized for their financial entanglements with North Korea, you know, for giving them money so that they could continue with their nuclear program, uh, the Trump administration refused to take any action. Even members of his own party were calling for severe sanctions, and he refused to do anything. And the report says that there's evidence to suggest that Trump, quote, continued to solicit business in China after Mr. Trump entered office. So he wasn't just accepting money that was coming in through no fault of his own. He was actually soliciting business, going out and trying to get business. So for all of those Trump supporters out there who say, oh, he's so selfless, he didn't even take a salary. This is why, this is why he didn't have to take a salary. He fooled his supporters into thinking that he's this generous man, a man of the people. All the while, he knew he was making far more money off of his position as the president. This was just another con. They fell for it. And it's also a direct violation of the emoluments clause in the Constitution. It's funny how Republicans don't give a damn about the actual self-dealing by Trump, but they're beclowning themselves with these phony investigations into Biden's finances. And I don't care if, if Biden did something wrong, prove it, send him to prison, impeach him, remove him from office, whatever you got to do, do what you got to do, Diablo. But Prove it. Actually come with evidence, as you have with Trump. And remember, the Republicans shut this investigation down into Trump's business dealings when they took over. So this is just what we know from the few documents that were produced by his accounting firm before the Democrats lost control of the House. This pertains to only two years, 2017 to 2019. And he made nearly $8 million over just those two years. So this is very well likely to be the tip of the iceberg. Now, the good news is New York Attorney General Letitia James plans to take that $8 million and a whole lot more. In a filing this morning, she asked Judge Arthur Angeron to ban Trump for life from the New York real estate industry. And she also asked that he pay $370 million as a penalty for repeated and persistent fraud. So it's no longer 250 million, she wants 370. 
This, of course, pertains to Trump's New York fraud case. And Judge Engeron is going to hear closing arguments next Thursday, January 11th, and then he's going to be making a decision. Um, the AG also asked the judge to impose a lifetime ban on former Trump employees Alan Weisselberg and Jeff McConney. Um, and if approved, it would bar them from, quote, participating in the real estate industry in New York State or from serving as an officer or director of any New York corporation or other legal entity. In regard to Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump, the AG proposed a five-year ban only. I'm not sure why she's going easy on Dumb and Dumber, but that's what she asked for. And then she suggests that the independent monitoring of the Trump Organization continue for five more years. So that's the essentially the financial babysitter. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to Judge Engeron's ruling on that, and I will definitely let you know how that goes down. Um, and then Trump has also been losing in a lot of other courts. At the end of December, an appeals court panel denied Trump's request to pause the E. Jean Carroll defamation trial. He asked for a 90-day pause while he considered whether or not he wanted to use presidential immunity as a defense. So Trump petitioned the full appeals court because the appeals panel denied him. And he asked that court, the full court, to dismiss the case entirely. Now the full Second Circuit Court of Appeals has weighed in and they've rejected that argument. They issued a one-page ruling. They didn't give any explanation. So Trump's only option at this point is to take the matter to the Supreme Court, but it's very doubtful that they would take the case. Also, I was thinking it's pretty risky for him to ask them to weigh in on the presidential immunity with this Carroll case, because as you all know, they're expected to consider the same issue in the coup case because of course trump wants to delay the coup case as long as possible that trial is supposed to start in march but the carroll trial is supposed to start january 17th so scotus would have to issue a ruling on the carroll case as soon as possible and if they rule against him in the carroll case that pretty much gives up the game on how they're going to rule on presidential immunity in the coup case so that could fast track things that could speed it up again. And he definitely doesn't want that. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Trump also has been trying to get evidence tossed from the, the Carroll trial. In particular, he wants the judge to exclude the recorded deposition where he was seen and heard insulting Carroll's attorney. Remember, he said, oh, you're not my type either. And then where he also mistook Carol for his ex-wife, Marla Maples, because remember, Trump keeps saying, oh, she's not my type. I would never do that. I would, she, you know, not I would never assault a woman. No, not I would never assault her because she's not my type. But then at the same time, he thought that she looked just like his ex-wife. So the judge is growing increasingly irritated with Trump's team, and he wrote that their requests were, quote, nothing more than a veiled attempt to take a second bite of the apple. So that trial should be interesting. I'll keep you posted on that one. And around the same time that the appeals panel ruled against him in the Carroll case, he lost another appeal where he was trying to use presidential immunity. On December 29th, an appeals panel rejected Trump's immunity claim in the January 6th civil suit that's brought by the Capitol Police officers and members of Congress. The appeals panel determined that Trump's actions and words on January 6th and in the lead up to the Capitol attack 
were not part of his presidential duties. So therefore, he can be sued by these people for allegedly inciting the attack. So Trump could do, in this case, what he just did with Carol. He could take this to the full appeals court to and ask them to weigh in on the panel's decision. He probably will. You know, he's probably going to try to delay the inevitable. And Trump had yet another presidential immunity failure just this week. U.S. District Judge Amit Mehta rejected Trump's immunity argument in regard to a lawsuit brought by the partner and estate of Officer Brian Sicknick. Officer Sicknick, as you'll recall, he died on January 7th because he experienced multiple strokes on January 6th. And the D.C. medical examiner determined that the events of January 6th led to Sicknick's death and his death has been deemed in the line of duty. So Sandra Garza is his longtime partner. She is suing Trump and the two men who were involved in dousing Sicknick with the pepper spray at close range. That was Julian Cater and George Tanyos. They've both been sentenced. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't all good news in this case. Judge Mehta dismissed the wrongful death claim because he said that Garza lacked statutory standing. He said that because she wasn't Sicknick's spouse or his domestic partner under D.C. law, she couldn't sue for that crime. Now, he did allow a violation of civil rights charge to stand uh, because Judge Mehta ruled, quote, at minimum, Officer Sicknick's estate can recover for any pain and suffering that he experienced before his death, and the complaint sufficiently pleads that Cater's actions cause such harm. So I will stay on top of that one as well. Also, as of this week, Trump filed an appeal with the U.S. Supreme Court asking that they overruled the Colorado Supreme Court, which kicked him off the ballot, and he's asked that they rule that he can remain on the ballot throughout the entire country. So this is going to have to be determined right away because Colorado and some other states have to print their, their ballots as soon as possible. Federal law requires that ballots for military members and overseas voters have to be mailed by January 20th. And that's if the state's primary is held on Super Tuesday, which is March 5th. In other Trump news, an election investigator published an article in USA Today saying that Trump paid him to find election fraud following the 2020 election. But after he informed Trump and Mark Meadows that there wasn't any substantial amount of fraud that would change the outcome of the election, they continued to lie. This person's name, he's an expert apparently, his name is Ken Block, and he's written a book about all of this, so you might want to check that out. He wrote in this article in part, quote, My company's contract with the campaign obligated us to deliver evidence of voter fraud that could be defended in a court of law. The small amount of voter fraud I found was bipartisan with about as many Republicans casting duplicate votes as Democrats. This is a crime of privilege. Those with two homes sometimes take two bites of the electoral apple. He also said, quote, if voter fraud had impacted the 2020 election, it would already have been proven. Maintaining the lies undermines faith in the foundation of our democracy. 
So this is a man who was employed by one of those two companies that the Trump campaign paid like millions of dollars and they found no election fraud. Last but not least, Trump is scheduled to go to trial also later this month for another civil case. The judge though said that it might get pushed back. So this case involves the promotion of the phone company called ACN. Um, according to the plaintiffs, Trump used his Celebrity Apprentice show to promote a video phone that was supposed to be like the next big tech thing. And they say that Trump falsely claimed that he was bringing in a half a billion dollars a year from the sale of these video phones. And quote, Trump also told investors that he had experienced the opportunity and done a lot of research and that his endorsement was not for any money. Not a word of this was true. So evidently Trump was making money off of this deal, but it wasn't from the sale of these video phones as he claimed. He was just being paid to promote the company. So we'll see what happens with that. That, that trial is supposed to start January 29th. We'll see if that gets pushed back. So we've got the Carroll trial on January 17th, this ACN trial possibly on January 29th, and then the next up, I believe, would be the March trial for the coup case. So very busy. <laughs> all right, guys, I will let you know when I hear more. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. Please donate if you can. Love you all. Take care. Talk with you soon.